This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back. We now shift our attention to currencies because yesterday the Malaysian ringgit extended its weakness against the king dollar as it reached its lowest level since the Asian financial crisis in 1998. On the same day, the local currency reached a new all-time low of 3.56 against the Singapore dollar. This was despite a rebound in Malaysia's January export growth as it grew 8.7% year-on-year, ending 10 consecutive months of contraction. Now, although analysts say that the currency could see some strength by the end of the year as economic growth gains momentum and the Federal Reserve eases its monetary policy, there is this undeniable reality that the ringgit has experienced a prolonged devaluation over the past, not just this decade, but over the past two decades. So what is paramount to repair the situation that we are in? Is political stability the sole strategic move or are there crucial factors at play? For more insights, we speak to independent business writer P. Gunasegram. He recently wrote an op-ed on Malaysia Kini titled How Anwar Can Power the Ringgit. Guna, very good morning to you and thanks so much for joining us. Let's just talk about the long-term view of the ringgit. What were the significant trends or key events that contributed to the long decline of our currency? The answer would be long for that. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just uh, enumerate it by point form. So there is declining economic growth rate uh, overall. Uh, there is a decline in governance standards, there is rise in patronage and corruption, there is large public wastage, poor planning, uh, sidelining the civil service and the declining quality of civil service, rise of uh, psychophants in the the civil service, uh, which leads to bad advice, decline in the power of the central bank, rise in the power of PM and uh, the Prime Minister and Ministers. So the, uh, it, it's a whole range of things which uh, contribute to the long-term weakness of the ringgit, and not just any one factor, all of which are actually negative for the country and for confidence in the country. So uh, much of this began with, uh, with when uh, after Mahathir Mohamad took power in 1981, and... Uh, he continued until 2013 uh, for 22 years. And it and sadly, it continued with every successive government after Martha, including Martha's return for the second time. Mm. So, Guna, what we've been hearing from the government is that, you know, the economy is hunky-dory. Our central government stepped in yesterday to make some comments. And at the same time, we've been told that, oh, okay, this is the reason for the ringgit has been the many changes of the government in the last few years. But are there other factors that actually really contribute to the ringgit's decline other than your long list? How do we then restore this X factor, the confidence, I would call it? So I, I think there are other factors at play. Uh, mm. We have a government which, uh, according to most opinion, will last. But the question is that uh, what cost is this? You, know? you have a partial pardon for a convicted felon who is former AMNO president and uh, prime minister. And then 47 serious charges against uh, an AMNO deputy prime minister has been withdrawn without reason. So what next uh, is there? Is this the way, for instance, to fight corruption and is this going to be good for the country at the end of the day? So, I mean, the, the, these are the these are the questions that occupy uh, a lot of people, and these are the questions that Malaysians ask, and Malaysians also play a part in this because uh, 
eventually uh, they too can take out funds from the country. You know? And mm. uh, I think uh, evidence indicates that more and more Malaysians are keeping their money in foreign currency deposits, uh, even with local banks, for instance. So, uh, so these kinds of things are taking place. So the you, you you can't have a situation where you will overnight increase the strength of the currency, but you have to start somewhere, and that somewhere would be maybe perhaps like fighting corruption and taking all the uh, and uh, taking measures to revive the economy and so on. It's got to be a longer term, longer term thing. And um, and the 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 uh, not just the market but the people of Malaysia should see that some of these measures are being undertaken, and uh, also uh, it's been it's going on to the second year of the unity government. So the mm. people uh, people and the markets want to see some results. You know? mm. So what have you done so far? That is not coming through. You know? So mm. while there's a lot of talk, the results are very very far and few between. So what are the results that matter now that will actually show that we will be heading in the right trajectory in your view? I mean, you go back to some of the things that we enumerated. I mean, okay, uh, where are the measures to actually stimulate economic growth rate? All right. So while we have, uh, say, foreign direct investment approvals uh, at a very high level, we all know that investment approvals don't really mean anything until the investments start coming in. Approvals do not try, do not always uh, translate into actual investments on the ground. And then what about what about like, uh, you know, the governance standards? You know, is this improving? All right, we are, we are talking very uh, a lot about the fight in corruption, but uh, it seems to be, the, the fight seems to be rather selective and it does not seem to be broad-based. You know? What about the continuing corruption in all branches of government and within the private sector itself? Where is the coordinated effort to fight these things? Uh, and uh, so you need an economic plan, you need a plan for governance, and uh, you you already have uh, some sort of political stability, but it is not being used mm. to produce the necessary change uh, needed to take the economy and the nation forward. Guna, what would be the repercussions if we were not to address, if we didn't address the weak ringgit and continue to let it slide? In one word, it will be uh, poorer quality of life. We effectively we sell our goods uh, cheaply and buy goods expensively, you know? and so in the longer term, that can only be uh, worse for the country because uh, y- y- your your terms of trade are continuing to uh, you know to be less in favor of you. The the only ones who gain from this are exporters, and we know that they don't share the gains uh, very well. So it is not an option for us to continue to let the ringgit decline because it will lead to an overall uh, quality of life and standard of life which is less than what we have known before. But at the same time, Gunal, we don't want to consider things like capital controls, do we? Because we know that they're counter, they're not exactly good for our reputation. And some of its people in government will argue that, you know, they are trying, they're putting these economic policies in place, but it really just takes time. So is are there any shorter term measures that we can actually do to bolster the ringgit? I, I think 
I mean, in the short term, you need a plan, you mm. know, and there is no viable plan at the, on the table at the moment. So your Where view is, is like the, your, the, N, the NETA, mm. NIMP, the, the Madani government framework doesn't cut it. Doesn't cut it. It doesn't, you know. So where where is your uh, your subsidy rationalization plan, for instance? What are you doing to improve uh, investments both domestically and uh, in terms of uh, foreign investments? So uh, and uh, what are you? Uh, uh, what measures have you taken so far to reduce wastage within government? You know. So so these kind of questions have not been uh, answered as yet. You know? Although the talk is a lot, there is uh, there is actually. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no action. All right. Mm. So I mean, it, you, you, one should consider the long term itself. I mean, if you just look at it, all right. In the 1980s, uh, we were on par with the Sing dollar. Now the Sing dollar is trading at almost 3.6 uh, to the ringgit. You know? The Sing dollar actually buys 3.5 times the amount that you can buy with the ringgit. You know. So while it was at the same level in 1981, so over a, a long period of time, when you drop your guard, the currency can move uh, very much against you. We cannot afford something like that. And uh, we are not taking the measures now which will improve the long-term outlook for the economy mm. and, and, and the nation. Mm. So that that is what is lacking. And the ringgit weakness is... Uh, yes, short-term short term, uh, flows. Uh, yes, uh, you have, say, uh, a right. differential interest rate with the US dollar and so on and so forth. But uh, the, these these are not the underlying problem. Why is the ringgit declining yep. against most other currencies, mm. not just the US dollar and the Sing dollar? Mm. Guna, thank you so much. That was independent business writer P. Guna Segrom articulating very clearly the challenges we have in popping up the ringgit. We're going to head into the news, but first a quick message. How would markets normally perform in the year of the dragon? Can we usher in the year with greater prosperity when global markets are weighed down by uncertainties? Join us as we deep dive into the different key indicators that will help you navigate the financial markets with Francis Tan, investment strategies with UOB. Tune in to Wealth Advice That Matters today at 8.45 a.m. Brought to you by UOB Privileged Banking. After the news, The Breakfast Grill, where I speak to Dr. Muhammad Uma Swift, CEO of Bursa Malaysia. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.